evening, everyone. This is, of course, the Real Joe Quinn of the Real Deal Podcast. On this edition of the Real Deal Podcast, episode 866, I was joined by one Robert Sapp. We discussed the elimination of the Buffalo Bills. He had a lot to say on that and what the true root of their problems are and what needs to happen in order for them to get over that Super Bowl hump. Uh, we did a ton of uh, NFL course looking back at the weekend that was uh, of the divisional playoffs. We deep-dived the Philadelphia Eagles and how underappreciated of a franchise they have been. Uh, we looked into the Ed Reed, Bethune Cookman situation, um, and also we talked about, we discussed stock up, stock, stock down, preview the NFC and AFC championships, and also looked at, uh, had our, who won the week, as well as, again, biggest disappointment. That and much, much, so much more on this edition of the Real Deal Podcast. Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm host, of course, Surreal Joel Quinn. As we discuss the world of sports and pop culture, of course, this is the divisional uh, divisional playoff re- review show, week 20 of the NFL season. We're, we are, of course, just a couple of days away from the conference championships. Uh, episode 866 of the Real Deal Podcast. As always, I'm joined by one Robert Sapp. Mr. Sapp, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am good. I'm good. Glad to be here. As always, we begin with uh, the themes uh, from last week. Uh, there were two themes to me that stood out. One, fly, Eagles fly, and the other, they are like water. Uh, we'll flush those out. Uh, the fly, Eagles fly is an obvious one, considering what happened on Saturday night with the Eagles, you know, just completely dismantling the Giants. They are like water. You know, kind of still stole that from uh, the late, great Bruce Lee. But the four, main, the four remaining teams are like water. Uh, versatility have to win football games in multiple ways it is not a accident accident or coincidence why these are the four remaining teams left um in the uh tournament but we begin or i should say in in terms of the bill season with all the thoughts um the bills of course fell to the cincinnati Bengals at home 27 10 uh I will give you the Cincinnati perspective. Uh, yep. Because I know that I know that Robert Sapp will have Buffalo covered to a T. Um, I was frankly shocked at what I saw on Sunday afternoon. Even though I picked Cincinnati to win a close, closely contested game, uh, Buffalo did not look prepared to play. They were out of game, out rushed 172 to 63. I mentioned uh, last week's podcast the winner, the, the team that rushes the bet, the, the brushes runs about the best will probably win. Um, and everything that happened, everything that we talked about that could possibly go wrong went wrong for Buffalo in terms of your concerns in regards to uh, them being able to cover Cincinnati's receivers in space. First two drives, Cincinnati had receivers running all over the place, uh, wide open, 14 nothing before you even put your, you know, put your, uh, put your soda down. 
Um, but here's, here's the bottom line about Cincinnati. Cincinnati just, frankly, just knows how to win football games. And right now, Cincinnati is a team that probably outside of Kansas City um, just, like, is, is has, like, completely bought in to what they need to do in the postseason in order to win these types of games. Um, and outside of San Francisco, outside not San Francisco, outside of Kansas City, they they like no team is no team understands how to win at this level better than better than the Cincinnati Bengals right now. Only reason I put Kansas City above ahead of them because Kansas City has been doing it longer, uh, has been doing it longer with five straight conference championship appearances. But you're talking about a run now where Cincinnati is five and one in the playoffs over the last two seasons. A lot of those games. I mean, with the, well, made all those games, uh, four of their wins coming on the road in hostile environments at Kansas City, at Buffalo, at Tennessee. Um, they are a team that is malleable to no end. Like, they can run the ball. We know what Joe Burrow can do. And they have maybe, possibly, you know, arguably the best defensive coordinator in the league right now. He... Lou Amarillo took Buffalo apart. Uh, Josh Allen looked confused. You're talking about having blitz, blitzes coming up, coming from blitzes all over the place. Even though I question, and I'm certainly, certainly Mr. Satwell, you know, a lot to say about this, that you should be able to pick up a blitz from 20 yards that's not on your blind side. But, you know, we'll, you, Sat will get into that. And, you know, Cincinnati, you know, did, listen, Cincinnati handled their business. I give them all the credit in the world. They looked like the, they were a the better coach team. They were a the better prepared team. They were a team that act, that just came in with a mentality that they not only believed that they could win, that they knew that they were going to win that game. And so I certainly favored them going into this week's uh, championship. They won 12 straight. Uh, excuse me. They won 10 straight. That's uh, San Francisco's won 12 straight. They've won 10 straight. They uh, can win anywhere, anytime. And they are... You know, prime employees to make a, a, a to make uh, another Super Bowl uh, appearance. And listen, they um, again. I I think this game was won to me in the regular season uh, when Jamar Chase got hurt and when Cincinnati was and when the offensive line was banged up, wasn't playing well, ball was getting knocked around all over the place. It forced them to run the football and it forced them to. Like it forced them to become a more physical football team. They had no choice to keep ball upright and to salvage their season. So they were forced into becoming a more versatile team, and they started getting healthier. The offensive line, offensive line starts playing better, and now you now you know two months later they're playing as well as any team in football, and certainly has a have certainly can absolutely not only win the champion win uh win a uh win uh, this weekend, but could also win the Super Bowl as well. So uh, it was a great job by Cincinnati. Uh, can't say enough about Burrow. Um Again, the difference between Burrow and Allen right now is consistency and steadiness. I still think Allen has a higher ceiling than Burrow, but the problem is the floor, Burrow's floor is much, much higher than Josh Allen. Burrow's not going to make a game-changing mistake. And Burrow, we're not going to use the word inconsistency with Joe Burrow, period. 
period, point blank. So that's the difference between those two franchises right now to be is the quarterback. Floor is yours. All right. Um, so uh, there's a million different ways to go with this one. So let me do the obligatory congratulations to Cincinnati. Um, they dominated and, of course, deserved to win that game. Um, then the second thing, let me get all the excuses out of the way that I've heard from different from the Bills fan base um, about being um, emotionally spent and about the various different energy, um, uh, injuries that were there. Could it have been a bit of a different game? Maybe it could have been. But those, those things are accurate and they're true, and we don't know what's going on with Josh Allen, so yada, 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 all that stuff. Um, so, uh, so um, but from my perspective, uh, there, there are no excuses in the playoffs. There just are no excuses. I can't hear anything other than did you win or did you lose, and um, we lost. Uh, so, um, you know, like I had, I have, I had a pretty good read on both of these on both of these games. Um, and uh, on the show, I wanted to say, and I'm kind of actually glad I didn't say it because I probably would have blamed myself irrationally um, for for the loss. But um, you know, I was concerned. I was concerned, uh, and, and I had every right to be concerned. Um, and so, yeah, the national analysis, everything could be like Josh Allen, Joe, Joe Burrow. That's not it. I, our problems run so much. I don't get. I care nothing about Cincinnati right now. Um, our problems run so much deeper than that. That um, that that is so far down the list. Um, so uh, so now, now I can really outline it. Um, so. Uh, the here the fundamental problem with the Buffalo Bills right now is that there is a clash of ideology, and what I mean by that is um, our head coach would like to have a dominant defense and an offense that complements that. The problem is that the quarterback is so dynamic that you have to build the offense to, uh, to, to his skill set. And, um, and that does not support the defense in the ways in which you need. And we're not talking about anything else but the biggest of big games. I don't want to hear anything about the regular. I don't want to hear any of that. We're talking about the biggest of big games against the best of best teams. That's all I care about. That's all that is cared about. Um, uh, you know, we were 11-6 last year, 13-3 last year, same result. So, fuck out of here about the regular season. Um, so, anyway, sorry about that, Fox. Um, but, uh, but, um, but, so with that, that being said, um, that, that's, that's just fundamentally what it is. And until we get that sorted out, the divisional round is our ceiling, is our absolute ceiling. The team has to be one, and right now we're not. We're just not. That is fundamental. There's another second fundamental thing that people don't want to talk about, but I'll be the one to talk about. We're a team. This is also why McDermott wants a certain style of offense. We're a team that plays in Buffalo, but plays horribly in bad weather. The offense right now 
is built to play in a dome or a nice weather. And that's problematic because we play in Buffalo. You're the Buffalo Bill. And so we have an office that doesn't look right in weather. So those are fundamental issues before you even get to the talent difference. The reason why Cincinnati is so good, why they are better than Buffalo, and why they are better than the Chiefs is because their talent is better. They have more flash players than both than both franchises. Um, and so, uh, and so, then you get to the then you get to the position, and this is this is what was obvious to everybody for a pretty long time, or for to half the season, um, definitely the second half of the season. It's Stephon Diggs and nobody else. We met, we what the other thing that the the franchise will not admit out loud is that they mis-evaluated their offensive skill position players. They mis-evaluated that. And the reason they mis-evaluated that is because they did not take into account, and because it probably wasn't as obvious, because it wasn't as obvious to me until we saw it with the Giants, how much of an impact Dable had on, on coaching those skill positions up to the point that they are. Our offensive numbers look eerily similar to last year, but if you watch the game and watch what it looked like when we were clicking on offense last year versus what it looked like when we were clicking on offense this year, not even the same. Not even in the games where we blew teams out, were we playing a style of ball that looked smooth and fluid. It was Josh Allen being psycho and playing against teams that couldn't deal with it. Um, and, you know, the defense running rush shot before all the injuries um, kind of ca- caught up. That, that's what it was. And so, again, I go back to until we figure out what type of team we want to be on both sides of the ball so we are a whole team flowing in the exact same direction, then it's really hard to evaluate the skill position. Um, that, like, I'm angry about the loss. The more I started thinking about talking about this, the angrier I got, which is why I sent you those texts. Like, I'm not in a plain mood around with this. Um, this loss bothered me, but I'm also happy that the loss happened because it's going to force a lot of hard looks in the mirror. Um, the game before, I think it was Kansas City, I said to my brother, I was like, um, if we win this game, it's going to be bad for us because at that point in time, Christian McCaffrey was still on the trademark. He was still with that. And I, as you know, I wanted Christian McCaffrey bad right. because he's the perfect piece for that office. He just is the perfect piece for that. He would unlock everything if we had him. Um, but we won that game, so they didn't, they didn't go through with it. Or, I mean, they didn't push not go through it. They didn't push as hard as I felt as if they could push. Let's just put it like that. Um, and so, uh, so I say that to say, um, this loss, I think, will force the hand of what the, what style of team do we want to be. We need to choose it, and we need to choose it, and then just go go in that direction. The Peyton Manning style offenses, um, you had a you needed to have a lightning fast, quick defense that could um, that could take the number of possessions that an offense was going to hand over to them because they were going to be scoring so quickly. Um, on the flip side of that, you know, you want a, you would, you would ideally think 
in a cold weather climate with a team like that that wants to have a staunch defense that wears teams down and beats them down physically, you would think you would want to have an offense to match that, which means a significant running game, a significant upgrade at the tight end position, and um, probably a downgrade on the wide receiver position, to be honest with you. Um, so uh, you damn sure don't want a vertical passing game, which is what we're trying to develop um, with, with that style. So, there, I mean, there's so many minutiae within that as well um, that that is just too detailed to go into or that I can't even speak to because I, I you know, I don't know what I'm talking about in terms of, in terms of that, that point. Um, but what, what I do know is that we need a cohesive, we need a cohesive team, we need a cohesive philosophy, and we need it to um, gel with what our head coach wants. And like that's that's just it. Um, if if that if that isn't what he wants, then we need to get an offensive head coach. I mean, it just is that simple. We're at that point now. We're just at that point where we just need to make make those types of decisions. Who are we going to be? What are we going to be? Are we going to be a Super Bowl contender? Um, a Super Bowl champion? Damn, a contender. Um, so so that that's where I'm at on that front. You get your philosophy together. Then you can decide on the pieces, and the pieces need to include um, people that have you have confidence that can play skillfully, no matter what the climate is. Um, so uh, beyond that, the game itself was disheartening. I I was fairly confident they were going to lose that game. Um, right, but I did not like being choked out. I did not like that. I did yes. not like that. That last, like, I knew the game was over midway through the third quarter. Like, the game's over. Um, and then just to watch, just to watch, just get beat for 11 minutes plus was was disheartening. It was just very, very disheartening to watch. Um, so uh, the game itself was the outcome the the loss wasn't surprising to me. The way we lost was so very very disheartening. But ultimately, it's probably the better thing because it will force the team to take a hard look at itself and make some really really tough choices about what direction they want the franchise to to look like. Particularly how cohesive they want the offenses, the offense and defense to be, so that they complement each other. Fully and completely. That's what you got in Kansas City. That's what you got in Cincinnati. An offense and defense that. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what you got in San Francisco and Philadelphia as well. So, yeah, I mean, that's the, the remaining, uh, the remaining four teams are. Right, I'm not talking about the NFC. I don't care about the NFC. Yeah. Least about the NFC. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, as you were speaking, I got angry, and I'm not even a Buffalo fan because I totally understand how I understand why you <laughs> should be those Texans because I just don't understand how after four years of, of a same coach and quarterback how there could be an identity crisis that, just, like that, that should not because be the Dable was Dable's that dude Dable's that dude he's that dude that, that's why he's that, that dude Dable, yeah Dable's a beast but that should not that should he's not be dude. the case and even more even more so to your point about playing in Buffalo, we all know this in baseball. They teams tailor their ball, their pitching staff, their hitters to their ballpark. We, I mean, 
that's just common sense. I, I don't understand how you don't tailor your team to where you play. That's just and I and I know you have smart people running your organization. That's that that's the thing that's even more baffling. This is not this is not this is not the commanders here or, or the, the Lions. Like you have smart people who know what the fuck they're doing. So I don't I just don't get that at all. Um the problem is, and again, hey, I heard, I heard the, the talent oh. offense without Brian Dable. I heard, you yeah, know, I'm not, not just not, I know, and they, we saw what they would do with Giants. I, I like, and we've seen, like, we've seen, listen, we, we saw what happened to Philadelphia when they lost, uh, the coach, uh, damn, damn, who, Frank Wright. Uh, we saw another struggle for a couple of years. Like, we, understand what a coordinator can mean to uh Indianapolis without Bruce Aarons. So we understand the value of a how like a court but how valuable a coordinator can be to a franchise. I get that. But this stuff is frankly I mean, I'll be honest with you, the stuff is inexcusable. Like it's it's inexcusable for a top tier franchise. And I think the Bills are a top tier franchise. Um I would say it's only gonna get harder because you your quarterback's cap hit goes from 19 million to 39 million in 2023. I I got I read and uh dived into a lot of bill stuff uh Monday and Sunday, Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. And you know, I kept hearing, yeah, the receiver's this and this position this and this position that. Let me let y'all in on a little secret. You can't have you're not gonna have an all-star in every position. This is not how the NFL works. I don't like all of a sudden, Gabe Davis can't play? Like, no, I watched Gabe Davis have multiple 100-yard games in the playoffs. Like, I, Gabe Davis is a – like, you <laughs> – what Cincinnati has in Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, they're not going to have past 2024 because they won't be able to afford to pay T. Higgins after they get ball this massive extension come this offseason. That's how the NFL works. If you have one great top receiver, chances are your number two, three guys are should be are, – are decent are complementary pieces to that number one. So you like it's only gonna get harder. <laughs> like like it's not even about amassing talent, like to your point, about the pieces fitting and about coaching them up to uh, developing the talent that you do get, like uh if you draft a fourth round receiver or fifth third round receiver uh, of that thing, of that of that to that point. That's how the NFL works. So you know you should be absolutely pissed off because you wasted a you wasted one of your quarterback's prime years and you wasted a year where your quarterback was not making ridiculous money and those years, no, I'm, not, I'm not on that Josh Allen I'm just not no no I'm it's not. a big deal no no, no 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 but it, no no here's the thing it's no, a big deal because no, this cap no, this cap no, goes, no, it no, absolutely no, 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 it's a no, big thing it no, matters it definitely matters it's just not, not to the, it's just, this is not no no it doesn't it matters to the point it's not number one like you're right. Number one is philosophy and ID. That's number no, one. No, no, here's the point. We didn't waste anything. He was complicit in all this. That, that's my point. I'm not taking the blame off of him. I need people to stop doing that. He's complicit. He wasted it then. Okay, okay. Well, everybody he was wasted complicit. It. No, no, no. No, you're to your point. Sure. Everybody did. Sure. Everybody. I mean, it just it was, it was a disappointing season because we didn't get to the Super Bowl. That needs to be damn Josh Allen's prime whatever. Don't care. We wait. We should have been in the Super Bowl, and we we should have been in the Super Bowl the past two years, and we haven't been. That period yes. point yes. blank. Yes. End of story. Everybody's years got wasted. My years yes. got wasted. We all all of our years got wasted. Nah, we're not just putting this for Josh Allen. 
He was so complicit in that. Oh no, one hundred percent. No, they, I mean, I, I definitely think that, like, and like, I definitely think that the, and we spoke about this earlier in the season about this MVP push versus overall team success. So I definitely think that was an issue, and he, I'm sure, he wanted to be MVP, and they were trying to push him to be MVP without question, and that, but that did not fit in terms of the overall. That was not in the best interest of, of the team. Period. Well, honestly, Surreal, that's the, that's the dirty little secret. So, like, so the dirty little secret is the the Pagulas, the NFL, like, you know, it's quarterback driven, yada, yada, everything like that, right. wanted a counter to Patrick Mahomes. They wanted the next great rivalry, right? right? So we're going to push the Bills after that playoff game, push the Bills. And so all of that decision-making, everything we're talking about, why didn't this happen, why did the guy, why, blah, 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 all of that was because the resources and energy had to shift to Josh Allen and his MVP push. And now we're at it. Now we're at an inflection point. The fan base believes so thoroughly in Josh Allen that they refuse to see the flaws in his game and how those flaws impact. The reason why we can't play well in cold weather is because Josh Allen doesn't play well in cold weather. Point blank in bad weather. Like, let's call all face. Let's rip all these damn band-aids off. Let's call all face face. That's what I'm saying. There's, there's minutiae in this. There are reasons why, and I know the reasons why. I can break down every single reason why. And it, has, it doesn't have the, it's not what the national clips are saying. No. They're just going off blurbs and headlines. Right. You got to dig deep with your team to understand the reasons why, which is why it pisses me off when I hear my fan base make dumbass excuses and say dumbass things about so, what's going on well, and refuse that, to point and refuse to point the, no, no, the, I, I the whole I, I think, entire thing I, I think you know where, where, it, where it needs to be. No, I think I know where you're at from that standpoint. Lay off Leslie Frazier, please. From a national end, I heard that a lot from Buffalo, even Buffalo podcasters. Like, well, he's given they the team uh, giving up an average of blah blah blah, 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 blah over the last course of the playoffs. And they can't play against top offenses. That defense like carried them this year when they were playing at their best. It was because of that defense. Period. Period. Point blank. The defense. Now you can only take you know you want to blame everybody. Sure, blame everybody, but you can only take so many losses as far as your secondary. The Von Miller injury was massive, massive. Had no pass rush like you. Your pass rush uh, yeah. was not yeah, non-existent after Von Miller got hurt, and your secondary was in that, shambles. That's the game we got Von Miller for. That's the yes. game. Yes, yes. No one games. else could get there. We needed somebody to get. So there. I don't want to hear anything about the defense when your offense only scored ten points in a playoff game. First, like I, I just don't like. Like, let's stop it. It, dri- like, it drives me crazy. That's stop the it. entire conversation. Oh, my God. It let's stop it. Crazy. Let's stop, please. I can't handle it. I truly can't No, I know. I, I can understand. You no, can, it, you can, how dare you blame the defense? How dare you? Yeah, no. We're not going to say nothing about the offense? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Like, come on. <laughs> like, what we... They scored 10 points. I mean, look. Was it great, 27? No. Wasn't great, but is 27 insurmountable for, for a Super Bowl contender? No. Absolutely no. not. Uh, especially, especially at home. <laughs> Come on now. Especially Come at home. Now. Yeah. No. Stop. No, it, I, 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 it, it drives me crazy. That's when I like you just, 
Like when I hear her temper talk, I'm just like, I guess just assume you just don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Or you just, you just, it's a lazy, it's just a lazy opinion. Like, it's just, I can't, like, I follow Buffalo closely as she has ever, as ever I followed them, uh, considering how the direction we were going with the podcast and, and, and what have you, the type of season we thought that they were going to have. And the defense was, you know, outside of a game here, a game there, which you got to give every defense, even San Francisco had uh, one or two bad games in a 17 game season. The defense was, spectacular for the most part over the course of the seasons. I mean, spectacular. So, to your point earlier, a thousand percent, your team does not, as a whole, does not have an identity. Uh, this is where McDermott has, is going to earn his money as far as, even all the whole organization from, from, from the top to, you know, from even beyond McDermott with how they draft the free agency things of that nature. This is where everybody got to sit down, have a conversation. And McDermott has to have a conversation with Josh Allen saying, look, this is going to win. This is what we need moving forward in terms of how we got to play it in order to win the Super Bowl. It's not about numbers, not about MVPs. This is, what, this is how we need to play in order to win a Super Bowl. Not about how you look on the field, but how we need to play, period, point blank. That's all there is to it. You got to have that conversation. Uh, or, or to your other point, I mean, and I like McDermott, but you might have to get an offensive coach. If that, like, this, you know, this will be the most, like, this year coming up, 2023, will be, like, this will tell the direction of, the, of where the franchise is going. If you can't fix it this year, then it's, like, I don't, like, what are we talking about here? Like, if you can't, like, if you, if, if this loss doesn't tell you, doesn't change, doesn't, uh, you know, change the direction of the franchise from that standpoint or establishing the necessary identity they need to stand to establish then you know nothing will game of the week um san francisco dallas uh the 49ers get by some i should yeah survive the cowboys 19 to 12 even though even though uh i clearly thought san francisco was a better team here's the thing this game was right there on a platter for dallas um san francisco 30 did not make major mistakes, but for the first half, he looked like a rookie quarterback. He missed throws. He was anxious. But to his credit, he did not make the critical mistake, which his counterpart made repeatedly. And we'll get to him in terms of Dak Prescott. Um, this is Dallas had a defense that this, I mean, if I'm, if I'm a Dallas defender, I'm just, I would be losing my shit right now. Dallas is, Dallas' defense did everything that they needed to do in order to win this game outside of, outside of scoring a touchdown. They kept them in. They basically limited McCafferty. Uh, Debo, Samuel, Debo Samuel was not a major factor. They matched the physicality of San Francisco. Um, hold, I mean, they held San Francisco to 113 yards rushing. Like, that's, you know, you would take that every day and, and three times on Sunday. Tom with Dallas is, and, you know, he's a very good quarterback, but he's not that dude. The problem with Dallas, and they go, they, to your point about Josh Allen, Dallas's problems go, they, they're, they're, that's, Jerry Jones is the problem with Dallas. That's, that's, that's the real problem with Dallas is because Jerry was Always and forever. Always and forever. Because Jerry, always Jerry, it's very simple. And I was thinking about this, like, Jerry got rid of a genius in Jimmy Johnson. Just I, I will never get I will never get over that. Like I will never forget that. That's like that. 
It, does, it doesn't Besides get that question, tough. Is, is Jimmy Johnson on the Dallas Hall of Fame yet? Did he, get, did he make it? No, I don't think so. No, no, of course not. Oh, oh. Of course not. Of course Strange, because he's in the Hall of Fame. So yeah, but he's not that right. Yeah, no. Right? That's no. weird. Jerry Jones. It's, there's a way. so damn petty. Yeah, it's petty. There's a way to it's win. So there's a way to win um, in the NFL, and then there's your way. So Jerry wants to win. Jerry better win his way than the right way. And that's why Dallas has hasn't been past the hasn't been past the divisional round since nineteen ninety five. And that's why they owe in seven divisional games. That is the longest streak since the merger and since nineteen seventy. It's like literally unheard of not to to play that many year to play that many divisional rounds and to be zero seven. Like it just doesn't happen. And you know, it's Jerry Jones. Now, on the field, <laughs> on the field, and by the way, it, I wasn't like, I was so, like, I, I'm, I'm actually pounding Dallas more than I thought I would because even after the game, I was like, eh, you know, I uh, this, I expected it. I like, I, I thought San Francisco was going to win the game, and I was like, eh, just get them out the playoffs. Please, get them out the playoffs. I, I want to see the Philadelphia San Francisco matchup. Right? Just, just, just toss them aside. All right, like, I wasn't. I wasn't even exuberant. I wasn't even jumping for joy over Dallas losing, because I, that's what I expected. Um, on the field, enjoy those moments. They're sweet. Oh yeah. Oh no, I enjoyed it. They did. They're sweet. Enjoy those moments. I enjoyed it. Trust me, I enjoyed it, especially the the last play. Especially <laughs> <laughs> the last play. But, um, Black Prescott, like. If you have a quarterback that that's that 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 is that dude, you win that game. It's just that simple. That game was on a platter for Dak Prescott to elevate himself amongst the quarterbacks in his league. It was absolutely on a platter, on a platter, and he gave away in essence anywhere from six to ten points in a game that was decided by a touchdown. Again, and I've never been. I like I said, there's Dak Dak Prescott and Tony Romo are the same. Outside of one being black, one being white, they're gonna win. They're gonna win their share of regular season games, but they will never elevate your team past a certain point in the playoffs. And they need a lot, a lot of fucking help. And it's similar to Josh Allen. It's only gonna get worse because Dak Prescott's number goes up in terms of his cap. So Dak Dak Prescott cap hit this year was only nineteen million. Next year it goes to forty nine. So, you know. And they got a monster on defense. They're gonna have to pay. Yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna have to pay a lot of people. No, not yeah. only they're gonna pay. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna pay Parsons and Trayvon Diggs for that matter. All of yeah. them. Yeah. So they, you know, it is what it, yeah. it, it, it is. What it is now. For the contrary, give all the credit to Walters in San Francisco. Um, third championship appearances in four years. Their defense just absolutely smothered Dallas in the second half. Dallas, the only place Dallas got was because of short fields. One was off a, punt, a kickoff return. The other was off a turnover. The, uh, the fumble uh, kick, the fumble punt um, that the guy, that Dallas forced. Those are the only points that they got, the two field, and they held them the two field goals at that. Um, so give uh, San Francisco all the credit in the world. Again, San Francisco is comfortable in those type of games. When you play the type of defense that they play, you're comfortable in a seven-point game or a three-point game, or when you have an all-world kicker who never, who never misses, has never missed a postseason kick in his life, and we, we doesn't, he doesn't get enough credit for that. And Robbie Gould, uh, Robbie Gould, um, then 
you know, you're you are absolutely one thousand percent comfortable in those type type types of games. And Brock Purdy, you know, he was shaky, but again, he did not make the catastrophic mistake that will lose you the game. Man, enough plays to Kittle and stayed away from the big time turnover. Although he almost threw two interceptions that again, one of them Dallas dropped. Uh Trayvon Martin Trayvon Martin, excuse me, Trayvon uh uh, the cornerback, excuse me, yes, Trayvon Diggs dropped the interception that you have to catch. The ball was tipped by a San Francisco player that you just have to make that play if you are as great as you think you are, or you say you are. Or you just have you have in a, in a game like that, you have to make that play, and that could be a difference between winning and losing. Um, but again, this game went kind of how I expected it, to be honest with you. I didn't think San Francisco would, would dominate them, but I thought they would win the game, and you know, Dak would you know do some Dak stuff so. What are your thoughts? Um, so uh, I really, really enjoyed this game. It reminded me. It was funny. I was saying to my brother, I was. I happened to just be watching the 1990 NFC Championship game between the Giants and San Francisco 49ers, um, and this game reminded me a lot of that. It was so physical. It was so hard hitting. It was so hard nosed. It was just like I was I was drinking it up. I was I was having a ball watching it. It's so unfortunate what happened to Tony Pollard. It's so unfortunate. That was yeah, a huge loss. Him. Yeah, that, that was um, a huge loss. Huge yeah, loss. It was just just so unfortunate. So unfortunate. Um but uh it was such a physical game. It it so reminded me of nineties late 80s, early 90s football or 80s, early 90s. It just reminded me of that. I was just like, oh, I didn't realize I missed that level of physicality until I was like watching it happen and on that bigger stage. Um, so that it was a really fun game to watch. Um, I am so, the, it's, I'm not, like to me, Philadelphia's the best team in the league. That like they're the best, they're the most complete team in the league. Yeah. Um. So, but I'm so the the difference between the NFC and the AFC right now are the quarterbacks, right? And so it's like I'm so fascinated to see, um, uh, regardless of who wins this game, um, Philadelphia or uh, San Francisco, how they fare against the top a uh, top tier quarterback. They're gonna get Mahomes or Burrow. Um and so I, I just I, I want to see like is that complete team model like it like is that making a comeback? Because I really want that to make a comeback. I really want that to make a comeback. Um so uh it's it's it so anyway, so going back to going back to this game, that's what that's what I was like, oh, what I'm looking at with San Francisco is just a really, really complete um, football team that, um, to my point with the Bills, they know who they are and their offense and their defense complement each other perfectly, um, particularly with Brock Purdy in there. And a perfect play for me, Purdy, because you're right. I mean, like, like the, the, this is how he's going to look in these big games because this is the first time he is in big games, and he doesn't have the um, God-given talent that a Patrick Mahomes has, right? Um, so yeah, I, it will look like this, but my, my perfect uh, Purdy play to, to kind of like describe like what, like what I'm seeing from him 
is um, I, I think it I think it was either late third quarter or fourth quarter. Um, it was late in the game. He uh, he is that the halftime definitely. Um, he takes a snap and then he like turns around and starts running the other way. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? And then he gets his scissors back and gets, turns around and goes, oh, all I need to do is throw it out of bounds. And he threw it out of bounds. And it's just like, like you, what you're counting on as a deep, as anybody playing somebody in Purdy's position is that he's going to make the catastrophic play. He's going to lose his mind. This moment is too big for him. The talent on the other side is too overwhelming for him. And he's just going to do something crazy. Um, and I thought he short-circuited for a second, but then got himself back together. And that's the compliment that I can give Purdy right now, particularly in this time, because the pressure is only going to just ratchet, ratchet up, is that he might short-circuit for a second, but he gets it back together. Unlike a Jimmy Garoppolo, he'll short-circuit, and then that's it. It's that's a wrap. Yeah, it's after a wrap. After that. Um, and so... Um, and so uh, Will it be perfect? Absolutely not. But but it will be, he will not, to your point, do the thing that will lose you the game. Nope. Um, and nope. with the defense like that, with the, with the physical style of offense that they like to, to, um, to move with um, like that, and the creative plays that Shanahan can create to um, create that open separation instead of asking his quarterback to make um, heroic throw after heroic throw, <clears throat> Ken Dorsey, Josh Allen. Um, then, um, <laughs> then you can have a you can have uh you can have an offense you can have a quarterback that might be uh, somewhat limited, um, in a position to win as San Francisco has consistently showed. Canahan, that they they are they are their own one. They are just on a coaching roll right now. Um, uh, the zone, their their coaching basket is is you know a hundred feet wide right now. They just just shot after shot because um, that Dallas played them physical. They they hit them. No, they and, punched and, back. And, and let's be honest, Dallas, Dallas matched up with them because of Dallas's speed. They actually matched up from the like they. Especially with Dallas's defense against San Francisco offense, they gave they gave the offense San Francisco offense all types of all types of problems because of that speed, uh, because of their speed. So that that was a physical game. Yeah, and they're yeah. smart as hell. I did not. I I'll be honest with you. I did not think Dallas's defense was that intelligent. I didn't. No, I, I didn't. I, I didn't say, they, I didn't say they were smart. I didn't say they played smart. I said I, I think they were athletic. They did they play, play smart. They played really. They well, I'm saying it. They played. You really said smart. you said no. You said they, you didn't think they played smart. You said Dallas defense? No, no, no. I'm saying I did before the game. I didn't think Dallas defense but they really was that okay, smart. Okay, yeah. No, they no. They played no. They that they do. I get. Oh my credit. god! They no, they played did. so disciplined. They did. It was. They did. I was like, wow. They're no, they good. Like they're so good. Like they're not just talented. They're so disciplined. Um, in that scheme, uh, it 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 was it was impressive to watch. So, um, that's the game again. Where you, where I'm sure they said if we can just match their intensity over time, Purdy will wilt. He'll wilt yep. to that pressure. Um, so, again, I can only compliment that coaching staff 
and the players on there, in particular the quarterback, Purdy, Purdy, because they didn't will. They just kept, they just kept going. They just kept fighting and crashing and scratching and clawing. And like I said, there are no excuses in the divisional round. You just win. You just win. Um, like I, I referenced that, the reason why I like that, the 49ers scored a touchdown in that 90s um, Giants 49ers game, but the Giants ultimately won that game with five field goals, right. I believe, um, because yeah. they just they they just kept grinding. They just kept grinding. Yep. And that's what I saw San Francisco do, um, and it was very 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 impressive. Philadelphia and San Francisco should be an absolute war. Yep, it would that, shock me if it wasn't. That, that's gonna it be, would shock me. It would that, it's going to be epic. It's going to be an epic, epic game. We'll definitely get to get to that. Speaking of that, who do you have more trust in, Hurts or Purdy, going into that game? This is, this is, this is the now, question. This will be the first championship game. For neither one. This will be the first championship game. They both have around the same – Amount of playoff experience. Uh, Hurts has an extra game from last year that he was miserable in. That was against Tampa Bay. So basically, they're yeah. operating on the same, you know, both 23, 24 years old. Hurts is at home. Hurts be on the road for his first time in the playoffs. Yes. Yes. Um, this is this is just going to be a good game. I, 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 I have a Sense that San Francisco will win. I mean, we're not even at that point. No, I no, no, no. Sense that who you have more trust in? Who you have more trust in between? Yes. I, I, so, like, it's hard for me to set the. Here's here's the challenge. It's hard for me to separate Purdy and Kyle Shanahan. That's the challenge, right? Um, because I have more faith in Shanahan and what he can do with Purdy. Then Sirianni, then who's the offensive coordinator for um Sirianni, Sirianni, the head coach. It's Sir, it's Sirianni, right? Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, and Jalen Hurts. But to your point, Hurts has at least been here before and felt that pain and knows the stuff there. And I like his skill set in Philadelphia's offense a little bit to Purdy. So to me, honestly, it's a push. Real, it really is a push. Um, if you force me, gun to my head. I'll give the slightest of slights to Jalen Hurts. The slightest of slights. Because like you said, he's at home and he has a little bit more experience. It's very close. Because I, I, like, I, Purdy has so far crossed, has, you know, he's crossed all the checks. I mean, so like, you know, just unflappable. Um, and that, you know, even like you said, bouncing back from even a bad throw or two, uh, very close. I would, like I said, I would lean towards Hurts slightly as well. Has played in the national championship back at Alabama, so I take that consideration. Um, yep. But it's very if you if if you tell me if, if I mean if after the game we say if after the game Purdy outplays Hurts, we would not be surprised. But like by the least, I, I won't be surprised if Purdy if Purdy outplays him in the game. So. Very close, but I would lean. I, I agree with you. I would lean towards uh, Hurts. Games of note: Jacksonville, Kansas City. Uh, of course, this was the opening game of the weekend. Kansas City was able to get by Jacksonville, twenty-seven to uh, twenty. Um, 
course, the tenor of this game changed when Patrick Mahomes uh, yep. injured, injured his ankle. Um, he came back, uh, but was of course was not the same. Uh, the key moment in this game was was obviously the Chad Henney twelve play ninety eight yard drive. Give Henney a lot of credit for engineering that drive. Give no, give Andy Reid the, the majority of credit as he had to adjust on the fly with the game plan. With oh, the play call, wow. with the play calling. Oh, um, now. And good coaching. He, uh, they became more of a power in terms of physical team, in terms of running the ball. They ran the ball 30 times for 144 yards. Uh, and were able to get by Jacksonville 27 20. Jacksonville had opportunities. Um, they're driving, you know, you're down, you're down by 10, I believe, and they were driving. And then the guy, the guy just fumbles the football. And, and that basically was the game. Uh, I don't, you know, once, what's that? Once to me, the game was over after the, that 12 play 98 yard drive to make it 17 7. Yeah. So I thought that that yeah. was the game. Jacksonville had a window at 10 7. Mahomes is hurt. They, yeah. you know, they held Kansas City to a four goal. So there was a window. But, you know, this Jacksonville's first time around, you know, the Lawrence's first, you know, playoff game, second, only second playoff game. Just was not ready to take advantage of that, that opportunity, understandably so. Uh, and Kansas City did what Kansas City does, finding a way to win a playoff game and get to a fifth straight uh, AFC championship, which probably, which should not be just taken for granted. Like, that is, you, you're good for at least one playoff game. It's hard to do. It's very hard to do. <laughs> very, especially the AFC. Do, yeah. Very, very hard to do. Uh, so that, you know, congratulations to them from that standpoint. They have been the model franchise in the league uh, since the Patrick Mahomes era. Uh, since Patrick Mahomes and uh, since Patrick Mahomes became the starting quarterback in the second year, from eighteen on to this year. So, um, you know, that's all you need to say about that. But the big question mark coming into next week will be uh, Patrick Mahomes' high ankle sprain. High ankle sprains do not heal in a week; they just don't. I don't care what the sport is, especially a quarterback that has that depends on movement as much as Patrick Mahomes does. So, be very inter- interesting to see uh, how he responds uh, off that injury again. Could you know after you know when he came back, and I I felt that he probably would come back, but he was not like he couldn't move. I I actually thought that I think I'm not. I don't. And by the way, I didn't think he was bad after he came back. He just couldn't, you know. He just was average. Like he just he was a, became a mere mortal uh, without that movement. So you know, but like any great coach, uh, the adjustments were made, and they yeah. the defense made enough plays and t- took advantage of Jacksonville's youth and uh, got by uh, and won the game. Um, Jacksonville acquitted itself well. They over like I mean beyond well. Like they you win a playoff game. Uh, twenty-seven nothing, and then you fight two for nail with Kent. You don't get embarrassed by Kansas City. So Jacksonville again, a lot to be proud of in the twenty twenty-two season. We'll see. Uh, what you know now they just gotta go out there and get some player, get some more players, and Trevor Lawrence has to take another step. But you know Jacksonville could be proud of, proud of what they accomplished this season. But I always say this in sports: it's much harder to go from terrible. It's much harder to go from good too great than it is from terrible to good. So taking that yep. next step is the hardest step. Easily. Because you yep. can be 
they were in bad. They shouldn't. They weren't even a professional football team last year. So I thought the only way to go was up. Like literally, and, Jack, and Jacksonville's early. I mean, it's early history. They can attest to that. Yes. Yep. They had built a monster, and then yep. couldn't couldn't do they, anything. Take it over hump. No. Just watch that thing. Watch that thing. Just send it. Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCall, teams, Fred Taylor, yeah. They had some they had some talent. Tony Baselli, yeah. Had a lot of talent. I was just uh, talking, I was talking about that Jalen Ramsey squad. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they, they, that team, no, that team had was loaded. That team was loaded. That, that team was loaded. But I mean, they just they just I played to apart, I played to the ninety six Jaguar team because the ninety six Jaguar team ended what could have been a three P for the Broncos. So that like that ninety six Jaguar team, uh that team was ridiculously was good. You know, I'll look back on how much talent they had. Because the quarterback's not even comparable between Mark Burnell and who quarterbacked uh, Jacksonville in 2017. Like, so, but no. But to your point, they have been not, they have knocked on the doorstep before not being able to go to Hump. And that, again, that's a very, very difficult thing. So as you, as you can attest you to as a Buffalo Bill fan. Yep. Now it's about how you run your franchise. Yes. Yes. Can you maintain, can you be consistent year in and year out? Um, we're a deep dive to Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I just, I, I thought about this because <laughs> of how much complaining I've heard in my lifetime from Eagle fans. And I'm like, since Andy Reid took over the Eagles back in 99, uh, they've been probably one of the best franchises in the sport. So let me give you, let me give you the, uh, let me give you the resume here. Since 2001, seven conference championships, only the Patriots have more with 13. Only the Pats and Ravens have more playoff wins since that time. No Hall of Fame quarterback, by the way. Okay. And oh. it's like we just—I I don't know—like they. It's funny because they just get lost in the mix when we talk about these franchises. Um, like we'll talk about well, New England's New England. Well, even even we'll talk about Green Bay. We'll talk about the run the Colts had with Manning, uh, the Ravens, the Steelers. And fine, these all been great franchises over the course of this past generation. They've all been. Like Baltimore, Pittsburgh have done their thing, but the Eagles have been like beyond. Like the Eagles have been like beyond consistent, to say the least. And they've done it the right way as far as being dominant at the point of attack with the with the offensive line and defensive line and the philo- and, and and that philosophy it hasn't changed over the course of. Like, Andy Reid started that, right? He started that. People used to get on Andy Reid about not having receivers because he believed in the, you know, the point of attack, like building with the offensive line and the defensive line. So I guess I, I guess I just don't I don't quite understand how this run has kind of got dismissed, considering that you're in a major market. You know, it's not like they're you know they're playing Tibet. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on this run? Like, and we watched it. Up close and personal, like uh, yeah. four years at Temple. Yeah. I, I think it's, 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 it's the four straight MC Championship appearance. Like that's doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 
um, I think it's a, it's a lot of different factors, right? Like one is um, when they had the quarterback. So if we're if we're talking about we're talking yeah we're talking about the Eagles. So when they had the quarterback, um, the the quarterback wasn't very likable, and he wasn't even remotely the best at his position at that time, right? So right. So um, was they, a lot of commercials. I can't perceive the commercials. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. But it wasn't likable. Uh, and uh, uh, as a national, as a city, no, was no, no, John McNabb was not that dude. Um, uh, and so, um, and so they kind of flew under the radar there and never actually win the Super Bowl during that time. When they actually do win the Super Bowl again, they win it with an underwhelming quarterback um, who then goes on to do nothing else. Right? Like the right. Cardinals come, it just like nothing else physically happens. The third thing is exactly to your point. What you said is how they build their team and how they actually do get to this point and win a championship is not the sexy thing. So um, this, I, I truly believe they win this one, that what you're saying will really, really start getting talked about because you're 100% accurate, 100% right. But because of those factors, the way that they do win is not the sexy way. And either when they had the when they had their quarterback, their quarterback wasn't the national quarterback. That was Brady. That was Manning. That was Breeze. That was all of them um, during during that time. Um, So there was no way to break through there. And they didn't win a Super Bowl with him. At didn't win a Super Bowl with him, so he couldn't even break through in in the national talk. And then when they did win a Super Bowl, it was very it was with a very underwhelming quarterback. to to kind of like to to that thing, um, so yeah, they they're very slept on, very slept on. Yeah, it's it's uh, like but I said. The, to that, they, I mean, look, we we Super Bowls or get talked about. Which one is it? Right. Only a few teams can do both. Um, I mean, you win the Super Bowl, you get talked about, but um, even if you win it underwhelmingly. It's the fact that you got those championships, and they have a real chance of getting number two. Oh, this so, this is a no. This, this, I, I, this I think they'll take that every every day. Yeah, over I, the over the national conversation. Right. No. The, the, here's the thing. They you take the consist you take the consistency consistency all day. Period. Like you just like they've been consistent. Like there's just no no two ways about it, and They've bounced back from a couple of stretches that were rough uh, in terms of, and not even they haven't had any long losing stretches like four or five years. They've, the most they've had was anywhere from, anywhere from two or three years. Had a rough catch. We remember the Brian, the Chip Kelly, and what transpired with that. Um, you know, you bounce back from that. It didn't, and of course, it didn't end well with Doug Peterson, and they bounced back from that. So. You have to be impressed with how quickly, and they bounced back from the end of Andy Reid's run, what didn't end well. So they've bounced back quickly from even from even times where they had a dip, a year or a two year dip, uh, to become you know powerhouses and and, and, and contenders those following a uh, few years. So yeah, I, I I thought that they uh, I thought that this run that they had that they've had should be recognized. Um, but you realize when you start doing this research, 
is just how far ahead New England has been <laughs> to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. Be like, New, England, New England has 13 championships. That's one has seven. The person that had, New England has like however many, God knows how many playoff wins. The next person has like 15. The New England is 30 something during this era. So it's like, yeah, it's just like, yeah. The New England and everybody else. Yeah. Not, even, not anymore, though. Very not, good. They were. Nope. They had, they had their day. They were very good. They were. They were. <laughs> Stock up. Uh, Joe Cool, Joe Ball, 5-1 in the playoffs. Um, getting, just got the, just got the hell beat out of them. Like, last season, and in the playoffs, and early this season. And still. Amazing. And still found himself, and still finds himself in a position to where he can lead a team to a second straight Super Bowl appearance. Um, you know, there are guys that just that just have it. It goes, it's beyond the physical ability, it's beyond, it's just, it's just whatever that it factor, he has it. Um, he, the confidence that he plays with just trickles down the rest of the team. Like, they take his lead from the top. From from everybody, everybody takes his lead. That is he. That as a quarterback, he's a leader of men. As a quarterback, doesn't make excuses, doesn't point fingers, goes out there and just and, and just handles his business. Uh, and like you know, he has opportunities this Sunday to do something that at his age, you know. It doesn't happen often to make back-to-back Super Bowls at this young of an age and to beat Mahomes possibly for a fourth straight time. You know, that is a lot on the line. And it's almost, again, we'll talk about this game more, but there, there's a ton of pressure on... There's a lot, there's a lot of pressure. There's more pressure on Cincinnati than I think people realize, but they considering what could lie ahead in the future. But definitely stock up for Joe Burrow. Who'd you have for stock up? 49 defense. Yeah, oh, it's very, it's, very it's spectacular. Very, very oh, it's no weaknesses, no weaknesses, none, none. At they, they are deep at all levels. Last year, the secondary was shaky. They went and fixed that. Jimmy Ward got healthy. The the safety became all pro. Uh, they, 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 they have their their defense is smothering. It, it's just and they they just fly to the ball. Uh, and they they hit you for sixty minutes like they. They, they. I mean, they, they wear teams out. We talk about offensive lines wearing a defense line out. No, their defense where their they, their defense breaks your will. Like you don't want to be hit no more. Like they break your will, uh, and it's like it doesn't even matter. You get a turnover, they all right. We'll hold you to three points. We're good. We'll tell, we're good to the offense. No, we got it. Yeah, Demico Ryan's just just done just. Spectacular. Yeah. Now, they have a lot. They have a ton of talent, but still, the schemes and like, no, he he's a beast as a coordinator. He's done a just spectacular job uh, with that. And because I know everybody, you know, before he took over, everybody was just you know singing the praises of Robert Sala, and Sala was just great, this that, and the third. And Sala's very good, but yeah, he's taking that defense to even another level. To be honest with you, yep. And, and just like Sala, he absolutely should have a job. Stock down, Dak Prescott. Again, that game was on the platter. Um, even though I've never considered Dak Prescott to be 
a game-changing quarterback, a quarterback that can take a team, that can carry a team to a Super Bowl, or take a team to a Super Bowl. I forget about carry, even take a team to, to a Super Bowl. I, I just can't ignore that, 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 that performance. Like, your defense plays was great. Um, and you got outplayed by a rookie quarterback who didn't even play well. That should never happen. Never. Like, that's, this just, should, just can't happen. Just can't. Um, and, you know, it, like I said earlier, it's only going to get worse because he's only going to be making more money. They're going to lose more pieces. The offensive line starting to get a little long in the tooth. Um, yeah, no, he, that that performance he was he was and he was bad. Listen, he was bad this season, especially you know after the, he was not the same after the injury. But you know he, he was a turnover waiting to happen all season long with the, with these turnovers, and it, that carried over into the postseason. Minus the you know five touchdown game against the Tampa Bay team that frankly was not a playoff team. Um, but yeah, no, he uh, he's definitely to be stocked down because again you have to pay him like. A game-changing quarterback when he's not that. That's the problem with that. That and that's the thing that teams moving forward are gonna have to. You you have to take advantage of these years when if you have a very good quarterback, if you have a good to great quarterback, you have to make these years pay off when the guy is not making big money. You had like these those you can't even look. You can't even think think ahead to like five, ten, five, six, seven, eight years. No, no, no. You gotta make those years count. Because once that once that guy gets paid, and that ride you start losing this that this player that player, it changes everything for your franchise moving forward. It's challenging, really, really bad. Well, we we've seen how like like we saw it, we've seen it with, with, with Rodgers, Breeze, Roethlisberger, all all guys all guys going to the Hall of Fame. What their franchises have yep. not been yep. able to do. That's that's the price you pay. It's just the price you pay. Right. Yeah. It's all that level quarterback. Yep. All in the game. It's all in the game. You rather have it than not have it. So, uh, who won the week? Yeah, the Eagles won the week. Um, I wondered about their performance. I wondered about them going to the playoffs, how healthy Hurts could be. Um, but they came out and just, you know, it was like Mike Tyson in the eighties, uh, just not the, mm-hmm. not the giant for Giants. <laughs> it actually felt bad for the Giants in that first half. It, it was just. They didn't, Giants didn't belong on the same field with the Eagles. The Eagles just absolutely flexed their muscles. The game was over at halftime and just physically just balled the Giants 268 yards rushing. We don't really have to throw the ball. We're just going to run it. Whatever. I mean, we're not even going to put Hurts in the position. To, like, you just hand the ball off. And, you know, Hurts, even when he threw the ball, was threw the ball well enough, looked, looked sharp, was refreshed. And listen, that's why, you know, that's why you had the bye week. Like, they looked like a fresh football team. They looked like a rejuvenated football team. They got Lane Johnson back, got a couple of other, the other players back, and they looked like a team that just needed an extra week off, and they went out there and, and just played a just spectacular game from start to finish. And they, you know, that defense, you know, we talk about San Francisco's defense. The Eagles' defense is very good as well. They were a very good defense, number two defense in the league, matter of fact. And they, like to your point, they complement each other. That running game, that defense complement each other perfectly. And this the physicality. Even, you know, A.J. Brown, uh, the running backs run hard, tough in between the tackles. Just They just have that mentality of bringing your hard hat. So the Eagles, to me, won the week. Who won the week for you? 
Um, Cincinnati won the week for me. Yeah. Uh, that they were they were focused, they were ready, they they were on a mission. If I was on the flip side of that, if that was my team that did that to another team, um, I I would just say we just absolutely dominate them and and took their will to compete. Um, and that's that's what that's what they did, and, and you have to give them all the credit in the world for that. Um, that's the team on the mission. That's the team on the mission. They they really really are. They're going to have to bring their A A game, A plus game. No, they they have they like they have so much talent. They have so much talent at that at those skill position players on like when you talk to the quarterback, the receivers, the running backs, the defensive end, Hendricks, and like they. Uh, the secondary is better than it was last year. You know, I'll never be an Eli Apple fan, but the secondary, the scheme. But again, the scheme of the defense, the defensive coordinator is is special. Like that dude is a beast, man. He's good. oh, he's good. Ooh, he's great. Uh, like, the way that I described it to my brother, he had our offense in shambles. Oh, shambles. Yeah, he, yeah. Nobody yeah. knew what to do at all. Circles. I mean, he it. He was a professional head coach, and we were a little league team. Yeah, yeah. We Division Five A Ramblers, whatever you want to call us. <laughs> like that. That was that was bad. That was bad. That was bad. Yeah, man. When he like when you just in shambles. We in shambles. We're those, in shambles. Those blitz packages. It, I, I shambles. No clue. Nobody knew what to do. Yeah, it, it just uh, it, it's beautiful to watch. Obviously, you, yeah, you're rooting for Bills, but as a football fan, it's beautiful to watch just because like the, the disguise, the level of complexity of like, all right, this is like this is genius, coach. Like this is this is what like this is why I love football. Like just like they had people coming from all over place, all over place. And they that like the blitzes and stuff were perfectly timed, or they would be you know the three man rush and they you know how they drop back, how they disguise everything, and just. Yeah, no, they had them. They they didn't know which way was up. Like you see your point. They did not. Josh Allen was completely just. It kind of reminded you know what it reminded me of. It kind of reminded me of Peyton Manning against New England when he couldn't when before he yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, through. definitely. They had definitely, that, especially at first, like those first couple, yeah, those first couple yeah, of years. Yeah, they, yeah. they had Peyton Manning busy. Yes. Um, and like now you're re-triggering me on the on why I get so angry about just uh anybody attacking the defense at least. The de- like since they were running, they had they had Buffalo defense in shambles those first two drives. Just just no clue. They just die. I've never seen busted coverage like it. Just it just that, but they adjusted. Right, eventually they, they adjusted. Yes. yes, they did, and they, they did. did things to at the very least give them resistance. Right. At no point in time did the Buffalo offense put the Cincinnati defense any in pressure. any type no. of bind. No. No. Anything. No. Anything. Never. No. Never. So I, that's why I'm just I cannot just hear attacking the beat. I can't hear it. I just can't hear it. Biggest disappointment to me. Yeah. I, I had I had to have uh Ed Reed. So okay. to give you a breakdown of what transpired, I know you have been abreast on this. So Ed Reed yeah. former oh. not former Baltimore Raven, we know one of the greatest football players of all time, frankly, uh beyond safety. Just just Ed Reed, which is all time great at college and pro, was supposed to become the head coach of the Batum of Batum Cookman. 
Now, he had, this is the key part of this, one of the key parts. Something about this. There was an agreement in principle. A contract was never officially signed. They were agreement in principle. They were working out the final parts of the contract of, uh, like last week and what have you. So, Ed Reed goes down to the campus. He gets on Twitter and basically goes berserk on the conditions trash all over the place. He's complaining about his office, um, saying, you know, Deion Sanders was right. Uh, this is, you know, basically just went on this. He went on a number of at least three or four tweets uh, that he shared on the school, the administration, everybody, okay? A couple of days later, uh, Bethune-Cookman decides to withdraw their offer uh, their contract uh, to make Airy the new head coach. Uh, the president, shocker, right? Exactly. Yeah, shocker. Yeah. Um, so I guess now again, I listen to a lot. I listen to a lot. I listen to the president talk. I listen to Reggie Diaz, who's the athletic director, talk about this. Listen, of course, Ed Reed talk about this. I listen to. Uh, uh, you know, various interviews about this situation. And bottom line, there's there there pl there plenty of blame to go around when you really dig deep into it. But I guess why I would ask you, right, if you're an athletic director, okay, of, of a university and you're trying to, and you want to hire a head football coach to lead young men, 85 to 100 young men, what are some of the characteristics that you would look for in that head coach? Well, I mean, you want that head coach to be, um, you want that head coach to be consistent in the things that they're going to, that they're going to say. Like okay. you want him to have integrity. You want him to have, uh, to lead young men, you need your head coach to, um, be the grown up in the room. Yep. He has to be the ultimate grown up in the room. I thousand percent agree with you. I would, uh, uh, I would also say accountability, uh, empathy, um, self awareness, all those, all those things. Ed Reed in this situation showed none of that, and Ed Reed is forty four years old, same age as me. You go on Twitter, and you. You berate the university. You berate this HBCU that you are supposed to be helping. Now, keep this in mind. Some more context. This Bethune Cook is located, of course, in Florida. They have been ravaged over the last couple of years by hurricanes. The school is yet to recover from that from those hurricanes. You have, or or even the city, for that matter. From those hurricanes, understandably so. From a financial standpoint, damage has been done. We know what happens over the course of a hurricane that we or we've heard of. I've never been, you know, we I've never been a part of a hurricane, but we we've seen enough news stories to know what what transpires and what it, what the damage it can do. So, to me, if I may read, right, and I'll, I'll begin to say one I one thousand percent agree with Purdue Cookman releasing him and not making him his head football coach. To me, right now, Ed Reed does not have the mentality to be a head football coach, to be a leader of young men. 
it's not ready from that like even from a maturity standpoint based on these actions um he mentioned that i don't even do twitter that's why i don't mess with twitter okay there's messing with twitter and there's not messing with twitter rob sap doesn't mess with twitter at all nope, nope. has never tweeted has never had an account nope. that's not nope. that's that is the epitome of not messing with twitter you can't tell me you don't mess with Twitter and then go and make a video and then post it three or four tweets oh. looking at the place that just that is going to hire you and pay you to coach their football team. You can't tell me you don't mess with Twitter. Like that is that that so if you know your this is what I'm talking about the lack of self awareness. If you know who you are, you know that you might say something. Somebody on Twitter who doesn't who doesn't have a clue who who doesn't have a who could be in their pajamas in the basement tweets you back, you know you're gonna respond. And that's exactly what happened. He goes on a rant, somebody responds to him, then he responds to it, then he's arguing with them. So that lacks to me self-awareness. That's accountability. Better. Accountability. I haven't heard him say one thing in this situation that he did wrong. Outside of saying that, yeah, I did curse. I said some curse words, but I didn't. He didn't seem to be think that that was a big deal. So, if I'm, again, if you're leading young men and you're trying to hold them accountable, kind of helps if you hold yourself to even a higher standard as a grown man leading eighty-five to one hundred twenty-one, eighteen to twenty-one year olds. Empathy. This is a history. This is not. This. This is no. This is nothing new with historically black colleges. They tend to struggle financially, especially in the athletic departments. Dion was right. Well, what was Dion right about? I would love to know what that conversation between him and Dion Sanders was. Because Dion, I just hear Dion Sanders go to Jackson State and then completely just rip the university of shreds. <laughs> like, 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 Deion Sanders went to Jackson State, did a great job, and parlayed that into a major division, major uh, FBS, uh, FBS job with Colorado, Pac-12 job. So, I like, what advice did you take from Dion that translated that translated with this situation? Like, I, I really want to know what was Dion right about. Everybody knows you and I know how much HBCU struggle. With finances, that's not like that's not that you're not breaking new ground here. So his explanation, I've listened to listen to an interview with him today. His explanation is they couldn't handle me telling the truth. That's his explanation. They couldn't handle me telling the truth. He claims that he had some people coming, including Shaquille Neal, that he had some people coming in to do some work with in terms of. Um, financial donations or what have you. This is a big thing, Rob, to me, out of this situation. There's two things. Number one, and this is the university's fault as well, no contract, right? Like, he's doing all this stuff, making all these moves, and he has, doesn't have it, he has an, doesn't have the official contract. He also said that they, he had a problem with them from a standpoint, they would let, they would just get the hell out the way. Like, they wouldn't let me cook. I'm like, you haven't signed a contract yet. So, 
why why do you think they're going to give you full you know all this power to do to do this that the third without signing a contract in my in my year i've been working since i was officially working i don't count shoveling snow or even the stuff i did with my cousin selling clothes i've been officially working since i was 18 years old in an official job capacity 18 so well over well over 25 plus years i've never worked without a contract or without some something that says i work here never have you have you in official capacity uh no no who does so why are you doing the funniest it doesn't so to my point to our point why are you doing all this stuff when you haven't even signed a contract like what like what are we doing here you are not even the coach of the team. You had an agreement. Principle means nothing without the ink on the paper. It doesn't. I, I, we've heard that that story a million times. Until the the dotted line is signed, this means mm -hmm. nothing. Period. So, I listen. I'm not. Look. I'm not. I, 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 there's no question in my mind. I, I I believe. And again, I've heard stories about Ed Reed and what he's done in Baltimore. What he's done for kids underprivileged. I, like I'm not saying Ed Reed is a bad person. Person, I, I'm not. I'm really, I, like I, I know I've whipped him here for the last ten minutes. Or so, but he's just not ready to be a head coach right now. Like it's just a certain like certain temperament that you have to have. It's a certain understanding. We we talk about we me and you talk about all the time about we see it in our our line of work in terms of under forget about playing the game before you can play the game. You have to understand the game. I don't think every understands the game. And being a head coach at a university, you have to understand the game before you can play it. So I, I look at this as the, the best thing to happen for Bethune Cookman from a standpoint of him not being a coach. Like, this is not a negative. It might be some negative publicity, and they didn't handle it well with the whole contract and, you know, saying that he withdrew his name when that wasn't the case. If that's even true, he said that. His people put that out there, that he withdrew his name. The president said that. He, they, that the president, the president said that he made the decision. The president made the decision to withdraw him. So you know, it's I, I, the back and forth is like, uh, it's like what, who are, you don't know who to believe on all the details. But I do know what I saw in terms of the behavior from every that was not like if I had a son, I would not want him playing for every in terms of how he conducted himself as a professional. We, you mentioned earlier at the beginning of this. You, who, as a coach, you have to be the adult in the room. His actions were not adult-like by any stretch of imagination with this situation. So, uh, you know, I hope he lands on his feet. Uh, he, he certainly needs to mature as a head coach. Um, and we'll see, you know, what happens uh, when trans what transpires uh with this situation moving forward. And again, this situation could have been in a different manner. Like, if you're Ed Reed, you could have handled this situation just, it was, there were many other ways that this situation could have handled, been handled by you. Uh, you could have went behind closed doors with the president and with the athletic director and asked them, like, you know, you know what's going on? What's up? You know, what, like, what am I getting myself into from that standpoint? Or you could just went out there and say, look, we, you know, it's a major challenge over on our hands. We got, we're going to go to work. We're going to pick up the trash, do whatever it takes to rebuild this program. So that like, he took the route that you should never take. It's all there is to it.
All right, conference championship preview. Uh, these four teams have combined to go 59 and 14 over the regular season. Clearly, mm. the four best teams in football, they are the most complete teams. Uh, we mentioned it earlier. It's really fascinating because I like Philadelphia and San Francisco are the two most complete teams. But on the other side, you have the two most dynamic quarterbacks remaining uh, in terms of Mahomes and Cincinnati. We will go NFC first, Philadelphia and San Francisco. What are your initial thoughts on this uh, titanic matchup of these physical powerhouses? Yeah, absolute war. Just absolute war. Like I said, it would stun me if this wasn't just a just a battle. Now, I'm not going to say it's going to be a high-scoring battle, um, but just like a battle. I'm, I'm I'm kind of seeing something similar to what we got, maybe a little bit higher scoring, um, like 2017, something like that. And, oh, man, I mean, like, I, oh, I will give the Eagles a slight, and this is my honest to goodness, like I truly don't know who's going to win this game. Um, I will give the Eagles a slight advantage because they're at home. I'll give them the home the home field uh, bump on that one, but this one feels razor, razor thin to me. It's going to come down to turnovers. It truly is. Yeah, I, I think one or two players are going to decide this game or something like a missed kick or something like that. It's going to be one of these random plays because these two teams are very evenly batched. These are two talented teams, uh, to say the least, both well coached, um, you know, you give the Eagles the edge as far as home field, but I think Shanahan is a better coach, and he's been in these games. He's been in more of these games than Sirianni. So you know, this is Shanahan's third championship game, uh, trying to make his second Super Bowl appearance. And I right, like these two teams both want to do. They both want to do the same thing, but they do it differently in terms of the running game. Um, in terms of the, 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 their running game, uh, they both they they both are led by like I mean, as great as their defenses are, they both are powered by those offensive lines. Those these are like probably behind Kansas City, probably the second and third best offensive lines in the game. Uh, I can make a case for the Eagles having the best offensive line in the game, uh, but San Francisco's offensive line is right there. Uh, Trent Williams is a monster. Um, you know, I, I have so much respect for San Francisco because similar to Cincinnati over the last two years, they've won a lot of big games in the playoffs. You go at Green Bay, they could have easily beat the Rams uh, last year in the championship game. Uh, they know how to win. They're, 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 their game travels. So, yeah, the home field is, is cool, and you, you certainly would rather have it than not have it. But San Francisco... San Francisco's game travels with the running game and that defense. They will not be in the least bit moved by being on the road. Um, this is, I, I would lead Eagles uh, 21 20. Uh, I think this is like a field goal, last second field goal type game, to be honest with you. I do think Purdy will make one mistake in this game. That could be the difference. I think this is the game where 
not gonna say he's bad, but he makes that one mistake. Uh, that 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 cost him. Um, but again, this is to me, it's a toss up. Like, again, you look at the line, the line is Philly's two and a half, which is basically a pick 'em because you know you get three points for, uh, being at home. So, they you know, Vegas, of course, has a lot of tremendous amount of respect for San Francisco, and rightfully so. Um, I think the some like obviously the one I, I think both teams will negate the running game. I don't think I don't think either team. San Francisco has this ridiculous streak of not allowing, <laughs> not allowing a guy over seventy yards for like twenty-seven straight games, which even in a pass-heavy league is insane. That's like well over a season and a half worth of football games. Like not forget about under hundred, like even even over seventy. So I think both teams will negate the running game, the running games, uh, their their respective running games. I think. I would say the difference to me will be which receiver has the bigger game, A.J. Brown or mm. Debo Samuel. That's my X factor. One of those, whichever, whichever, whichever one of those guys has the bigger game, their team wins. So I would lean towards A.J. Brown. And you know I'm a Debo fan, but I would lean towards A.J. Brown Having uh having a better game, but again, this is a very very tough game to call. I have all respect in the world for San Francisco, um, but Philly has been from start to finish the most complete team in uh football. So uh, I like Philadelphia in that game. Game number two, uh, Cincinnati at Kansas City. Well, you know, we thought that we were going to get a rematch in the AFC Championship or in the AFC uh, in the AFC champ or in the AFC. We didn't know that it was going to be this one. Uh, we thought it was going to be, of course, Buffalo and Kansas City for most of the year. But it is Cincinnati. Cincinnati deserves to be there. They go into the Lions then for the second year in a row. Of course, we know what happened last year. We know what, what has happened last three times. Cincinnati has been able to get by Kansas City. I think each game has been by three points. Um, a three-point wins. Um, they confuse Mahomes. They have confused Mahomes the last couple of three times, the last, especially the last two times they've played him, especially in the second half. Very interesting to see a Mahomes who probably would be 70%, 75% at the most, deal with Amarillo uh, in that defense. I think in order for Kansas City to win this game, that they, they will have to run the ball Minimum 35 to 40 times. Minimum 35 times. This has to be a, they have to keep Burrow off the field because I don't think that they, and this sounds, this, you know, Kansas City fans probably are gulping at this. I don't think they can get into a track meet with this team. They don't have, they don't, they don't have, like to your point earlier, they don't have the weapons that Cincinnati has. They just don't. Like I, I'm taking a healthy Joe Burrow over Patrick Mahomes, over a gimpy Patrick Mahomes. I'm certainly taking the receivers. That's not even close. Like yeah, Kelsey's a beast. So Kelsey, you know, you go if you ranking them, Chase, Kelsey, Higgins, Lynn Boyd, uh, maybe or maybe even after that, the Cincinnati tight end is a is a troop as well. And then you know, so from a skill standpoint, Cincinnati clearly has an edge 
uh, with the offensive weapons. And I, I don't think Kansas City can get into a track meet. This has Andy Reid, like, he, I would be very interested to see what Andy Reid is cooking up from a game plan perspective. Uh, because they cannot go the, the traditional Kansas City route. But they can't go the, what Kansas City has been doing the last three or four years where it's like we'll put our offense against anybody's offense in the world. That's not going to win on Sunday. It's just not. They don't have the offensive firepower to do so, especially with a – I mean, they wouldn't even have it. They wouldn't even have it with a healthy Matt Mahomes, but let alone a Mahomes who would be at anywhere from you know, 70 to 75%. Uh, I like Cincinnati in this game. Uh, again, and again, I don't think Cincinnati will run away from this game. I don't. I have too much respect for Reed. I have too much respect for Kansas City. But I'll say – 31 24, 33 24, somewhere in that range. 34 27. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I too like Cincinnati in this game. I, you got to put them as the favorites. Like, they have no fear, Kansas City. They have three game winning streak. They do not care about playing them in Kansas City at all. Um, Burrow's a monster. They have the better skill position players. Um, you know, Mahomes is hobbled. I have confidence they'll come up with a very competent game plan for um, for uh, Cincinnati. But oddly enough, you know, Cincinnati is going to be like, let's force Mahomes to move in the pocket. Let's for, I mean, move outside the pocket. Let's actually see what he can do, do in that way. And so, anyways, the chess match is going to be just as fascinating as it always is. When these two teams meet, and like you said, Mahomes is at um, 70, 80, whatever, less than 100%. And um, 100% Mahomes couldn't beat them. So this, this, you gotta, you just have to favor Cincinnati in this game. And I agree with you, the score that came to my mind was like 28-24. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be a close game. Uh, it'll be a four-quarter game. These teams have played nothing but close games over the past couple of years. Know each other very well. Um, uh, did you see the line in this game? It's, who's, who's favorite? I was, I... Oh, I think last time I saw, I think it was Kansas City, but it might have been like a point and a half, something wow, like so that. See, that lets you all know. I mean, that that lets you know all you need to know. Like Kansas City at home for a fifth straight ch- championship game, yeah. only a point and a half. That yeah. Both both games are razor thin point spread. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. No, that it was two and under, which is not surprising, uh, whatsoever. Um, yeah, I mean you should get two uh, excellent games. Um, I think again, I think the Philly game would be is the more intriguing one to be from a standpoint of just I think in terms of quality, uh, I feel I feel that's the better game because I think those are two the two best teams. But you know Cincinnati and uh, Kansas City have not disappointed in, during the last three times that they played. You're talking about fourth meeting in 13 months uh, for Cincinnati and and. Uh, Cincinnati and Kansas City. We agree that all these teams are more are capable of winning the Super Bowl, right? Of the four remaining. Like yeah, you're not so, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, okay. So yeah, these these are absolutely uh the heavyweights of all of, of heavyweights. And you know, it's funny. Like <laughs> we 
had all this craziness over the course of the season and you know, not being able to get a, a sense of where the season was going. And lo and behold, we end up with easily the four best teams in uh, the, in the NFL. And, and again, to your point about Buffalo, and we, I, we, I, we've stressed this over the course of the season during the podcast, you have to be able to win. But, you know, two things. Obviously, you have to have an identity. <laughs> that helps as a football team. In mean, any sport, you have an identity, but especially in football with the defense and offense. But you have to have multiple ways to win games. You never know. I mean, you know, Kansas City loses their quarterback for a series. Okay, we got a great offensive line, respectable running backs. We can shift and do this. We still have a great tight end. Um, we can withstand a hit, hit uh, and not the game not fall apart. You know, you can't like these teams are too good once you get to the postseason. I think, Rob, what happens to your point, even with Buffalo, and what happens to when you see a team make it to the postseason you know, in any sport, right, continuously and come up short, it's usually because they, especially in football, it's usually because they only have one way to play or they, they're just not, you know, flexible enough. Like, or, you know, there's not that adjustment, the necessary adjustments that are being made. You know, a lot of times, even, even if the personnel is there, like it's usually something that's just not, they're not able to get over a hump because they're not just able to, to, to again, to like really that versatility. And that, I mean, we get back to talk about the Patriots. That's what made the Patriots great all the years. They could play you any way, any had Like they didn't have a style. Their style was whatever was the best possible matchup that they could exploit from their opponent. And like you have to have that, that, that type of, uh, you can't get caught, you, you can't be a one trick pony in this league because the talent to be honest with you the talent is too is too even like there we we agree that we agree that there's no there are no super these are very good teams they're no these are not super teams these are not great great these are not great teams they're very balanced uh especially with san francisco and philadelphia but uh these are not super teams so you know you got like i said you got to have more than one way to win even if it sacrifices even if you have to make sacrifices during the regular season. I know you complained a lot during the regular season about not the Bills not establishing that physicality at the point of attack with the running game and how that would come back to bite them. And it did. It did. You absolutely, you absolutely should be able to run the ball against how Cincinnati plays defense. Absolutely 1,000% should be able to run the ball against that defense. In terms of how they just just on style alone, just on how just on how they play play that the run alone, they're daring like they're daring you to run the ball. They're they're really like that's that's the thing they're playing. They're really playing a, a psych a psych game with you in terms of like we want we dare you to run the ball because we know that in your heart of hearts you really don't want to run the ball or you can't run the ball. So it will be very interesting to see. Should be a great. Last real Sunday of football with the two games before you know get the two weeks and until uh, Super Bowl uh, fifty seven and the last two games of the, of the season should be great. The Super Bowl, whatever matchup it is, it should be a a, a great Super Bowl 
Uh, so when you because so when you get this level of talent, this level of teams, uh, fifty nine fourteen, we you know we should be have a strong end to the season. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. As always, I know it was a rough one, but you made it through. Robert Sapp, thanks for coming on. All right, sir. You have a wonderful rest of your week. All right, you too. I will see you next time on the latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. We have a lot of exciting things in store as far as interviews that are coming up. Uh, so I will keep you posted on that. This this podcast will be up uh, sometime tomorrow morning. So 